The digital footprints of organizations are expanding, and with that expansion comes more avenues of attack for cybercriminals to exploit and more areas of concern for organizations to address. On this episode of the Cyber Chat, Surfwatch Labs Chief Security Strategist Adam Meyer discusses the challenges businesses are currently facing due to their expanding level of presence, as well as how organizations can respond to those new challenges to better manage their cyber risk. Wondering if you could elaborate on some of the challenges that organizations are facing when it comes to those expanding digital footprints, particularly how they've changed over the past couple of years. When we talked about some threat intelligence topics in our last podcast, you know, I talked about how um, every uh, business unit, um, every organization, every product and service they deliver to customers is dependent on technology more and more. Um, and so therefore, you know, as they use technology um, in more ways than they typically have in the past, you are naturally extending your, what I call your level of presence out there in the world from a digital footprint perspective, right? So in order to, you know, do business, you have to extend yourself out there into the digital world. And so you're creating more um, of a risk landscape that you're going to have to be mindful of and, and, and include in your risk management processes. Um, I always use uh, back in, you know, several years ago, BYOD was a similar issue. Um, when virtualization came out in the early 2000s and people were consolidating their um, physical footprint and data centers and things, they were increasing their digital footprint because they're spinning up VMs um, like nobody's business, you know, kind of unmanaged. I'm just going to spin up VMs every 10 seconds. Um, and so their digital presence just exploded and they weren't prepared to tackle um, the management, the proper management of that. So. When you look at it, everybody's in social media now, right? You got to have a social media presence. You have a lot of things outsourced as a service. You've got a lot of customer and partner um, interaction portals, right? The customer service portals or partner portals. Um, you're exchanging data with uh, third parties a lot more so than you were in the past. You know, all of that means you are pushing and pulling data a lot more than, than uh, years past. And you have the infrastructure, obviously, that's that kind of expanding. And so uh, there's definitely that, uh, I always put, you know, kind of quotations in my hands, right? Level of presence is exploding quite a bit. Yeah. And one of the big things that everyone seems to be talking about lately, at least, is the internet of things. And I know you wrote a blog or an article earlier this year on how internet of things devices are potentially the largest digital footprint that is not under proper security management. Uh, So just wondering your thoughts on uh, why these IoT devices have created such an increased risk and what organizations should be doing about that? Right. So basically, um, it, it, it's a part of that uh, expanding digital footprint. But IoT uh, brings in the scope the devices that were not typically network enabled in years past, right? Um, and I, a lot of times they're consumables or facilities types of devices. Um, when it comes to kind of uh, corporate infrastructure perspectives, uh, let alone personal wearables. But when you think about smart appliances, smart light bulbs, smart uh, devices uh, that support physical security, things that support uh, building automation, fire alarms, CCTV, um, your HVAC uh, system. You know, in the past, these are all very analog types of devices. And now as they 
technology progresses and people look for new ways to enable things, you know, a, a light bulb is just a light bulb in, in, in most senses, but now it can be a network-enabled device in some way, shape, or form. Um, and so when I when you say, and, and I've said in the past, where things aren't under security management, you know, if, if facilities was going to go order light bulbs, that's looked at as a consumable. That's not looked at as an IT-enabled device, even though the newer IoT devices are. So it, it, gets in, it gets caught up in that procurement or acquisition trap where that procurement, right, that purchase for light bulbs, even if they were network enabled, don't go through typical IT governance practices. So it's completely out of sight of the typical IT acquisition processes. So most organizations probably relate, hey, you know, you can advise IT equipment. It's got to typically go through some type of governance, right? It needs to be purchased on the correct contract. Typically, it needs to go through um, maybe an enterprise architecture review, make sure it, it, it operates in the IT department. Uh, you know, I'm kind of talking CIO stuff, but it needs to make sure that it, it, it meets all of our IT standards. It's going to get deployed in a secure manner, and it's going to be managed um, on, in, the, in the environment appropriately. You know, if I got a smart light bulb, that's just viewed as a facilities device, a consumer, it's just a light bulb. It, could, it has the potential, and I've seen it happen before, to bypass that whole IT governance process. And before you know it, you've got IT-enabled devices operating within your infrastructure that is not under, uh, didn't go through proper risk uh, scrutiny, right? Um, and so you have a lot of these things that are coming online that you wouldn't have expected these to be brought into the IT acquisition process. I was reading... Uh, given a uh, webinar not long ago where um, I gave a use case where the smart it was a smart oven it was a, a, a stove and oven combination they also had a, a dishwasher combination that had a web server running on an appliance it, it, and it was meant to be network enabled so the operator can talk to the appliance using a mobile device app so you had a whole web server hosting environment built into this dishwasher. Um, and into this uh, oven and stove combination. Who would have thought, right, that, you know, your your dishwasher is, a, is an IT security risk. But it happened because it had vulnerabilities and opened up back doors um, and bridged the, you know, like guest networks and, and, and um, your core infrastructure, and that's just a no-no. So a lot of that is going to be a problem. Um, it's going to continue to be a problem. And I always encourage my customers to think back how you handled BYOD Think back of the lessons learned when you started spinning up virtualization and start using those lessons learned to uh, make sure you're tracking IoT devices in your policy and in your procurement processes. Another area where we seem to see a lot of data breaches occur is with third parties and vendors and just, just the supply chain in general. And I know just this year we've seen multiple examples of where there'll be an incident at a single vendor and then that quickly spreads through the supply chain and suddenly, you know, maybe there's a dozen different organizations that are impacted by it or, or potentially more. Uh, so just wondering your thoughts on uh, the supply chain, you know, because even going back a few years, say, to the target breach, there's a lot of focus on third party access and it seemed like everyone was talking about how that was, you know, one of the root causes of the breach. Uh, yet it still seems as though when most of these new breach stories hit the news, that is a lot of times one of the, the primary reasons. Yeah, I think um, 
Uh, another case to bring up is uh, what Surfwatch blogged about was Alpha Leon, right? So, you know, when when uh, Alpha Leon breached uh, Envision Power Systems, um, you know, Envision Power Systems was the hosting provider for some seriously major sports brands out there, right? So one server that did not get the right vulnerability management scrutiny got compromised, and that server happened to be a hosting environment for very major brands. That's another good example where one box sitting in Amazon Web uh, caused a lot of could potentially cause a lot of problems. Um, and so I think uh, the moral of the story is, is anytime you outsource something as a service, it is now a supply chain issue. You can tackle these things in, in, in many different ways, but it's it's something that any risk manager needs to ensure that supply chain. Uh, monitoring is in place, so risk assessment and monitoring, to be honest, so that you have the right uh, recourses um, when something happens. So in many cases, that's a, a combination of uh, contractual language, right? So you want to make sure, hey, if you're going to go with a service provider, uh, you got to put the contractual requirements out there to make sure they meet certain security standards, to make sure they're on the hook to report vulnerabilities and breaches as, as it affects your organization. Um, to make sure they maybe have uh, the right insurance and liability coverages in place if a breach does occur. Um, because at the end of the day, if you're, uh, you know, a third party, let's say, is supporting a major customer-centric business process and they have a breach and your customers need to be notified, nine times out of ten, it's not that provider's uh, brand going to get hammered, although it does happen. It's going to be your brand that has to deliver the bad news, right? And so uh, you want to make sure that you have the right due diligence in place to make sure that, A, that your provider is doing the right level of uh, cybersecurity rigor and that they're not breached in the, in the first place, uh, as well as, B, if, you, if they are breached, that you have recourses, right? You have known courses of action in place. That's just like an incident. You should have supply chain centric courses of action in your incident and breach response pre-planning, right? You should have that established. So um, all of that happens uh, quite a bit. Um, that's why, you know, surplus side, and, and I, I make this statement on demos all the time. So I'll make it again. Hopefully I'm still accurate. To the best of my knowledge, Surfwatch is the only threat intelligence provider that is actively uh, helping customers against the supply chain aspect of things with like dedicated applications and dedicated collection against that um, so that we can help uh, with the monitoring aspect of things and, and, you know, notify customers when there's an issue so that they can put those incident response plans uh, in practice uh, that I just mentioned. Um, so A, supply chain reveal, it's, it's a part of that level of presence that I've talked about in the past. You're Pushing or pulling a lot of sensitive data, so you just have to uh, accommodate for that. And B, you need to put monitoring in place, which is something we recognized a while ago and, and started building capabilities for that. Yeah, my final question then, just wanted to get your thoughts on these expanding digital footprints going forward. Because uh, it seems like just looking at the trend, uh, we're going to see more growth of these digital supply chains, You know, bigger digital footprints going forward. So it seems like it's going to become more and more of an issue for organizations. And particularly, it seems like 
the control is often, you know, like one step removed from their direct control. Um, some of these issues. So just wondering how you think organizations are going to have to respond to that shift. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I start thinking about a core cost of ownership kind of perspective, um, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go back on that um, virtualization example and, 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 and talk about the monitoring aspect. So when virtualization came out, right. And everybody started consolidating their physical footprint. A lot of CIOs were tooting their horns saying, yeah, I see the organization tons of money. And not realizing that, well, they went from, let's say, maybe uh, they consolidated a thousand physical nodes um, into a virtualized infrastructure, but they went from a thousand physical nodes into 3,000 virtual nodes, right? So from a security aspect of things, our work, if you will, because uh, I ran into this in data, consoli- data center consolidation years ago, my work tripled, right? So the physical footprint weren't uh, uh, reduced. But the digital footprint tripled, so the security staff had to upgrade uh, all the licenses for all that monitoring tools. We had to upgrade our human expertise talent, right? So we had to put more butts and seats to, to manage all this new infrastructure. And at the long, in the long term, that actually cost more money um, when we did the consolidation. And so I think it's going to be the same thing. From this uh, IoT footprint, you know, um, uh, exploding supply chain um, things exploding, um, and so I think uh, a smart decision maker is going to set aside budget for the intelligent side of the house to make sure they're monitoring for all these types of things, right? So you may not have as much to manage on premise, right? So let's say you took your you know, ERP systems to so your payroll and your HR systems that used to be internal and you outsource them to a provider, let's say, right? Um, so sure, that makes a lot of streamlining and makes a lot of business sense and, you know, maybe your uh, operating costs go down, um, but that doesn't mean you slash the security budget, if you will. That just means you may have to redirect budget from the on-premise cost over to more of a monitoring cost, right? Um, and monitoring these service providers to make sure you're aware um, of, of any events that occur that could negatively affect your organization. You know, in addition to the contractual stuff I talked about and the policy stuff I've already talked about. Um, so I think a lot of that is, is the reality of things. You know, I, I'm going to keep uh, pressing the same issue. As I mentioned, we all depend on technology and it really depends on are you applying budget um, to the internal um, products and services that are supported, or are you going to uh, apply a budget to the continuous monitoring of anything you outsource or procure as a service? Um, and so you're going to have to do that cost assessment, and obviously that's where the vendor selection comes in. You're going to you really need to think about, you know, when I select a vendor, let's say for supply chain monitoring or a digital risk monitoring, I mentioned our level of presence is growing on out there. Um, one of the things I used to uh, promote when I was a CI is say, hey, you know, when I when I start thinking about vendor selection, it's how much capability do I get per dollar spent, right? And that's what I'm looking for. And so uh, when you're looking at vendors, you know, especially like Torchwatch, you want to make sure you're looking at it from a how much capability am I getting per dollar spent? I've got to look at my industry verticals. I've got to look at my threat verticals when it comes to certain 
you know, actor motivations and intentions and opportunities and things of that nature. Now I got a supply, you know, modern supply chain aspects of these types of things. So I got a bunch of different communities of interest. I got to wrap my arms around the monitor. Who's going to help me do that? And, and, and last podcast, we're talking about tactical operational strategic. That's kind of getting into that. That's no, not kind of. That's very much getting into that operational strategic types of intelligence. That's that tactical, right? Ingesting an ISC feed into a stock is not going to help you monitor your supply chain. It's not going to help you monitor the IoT trends out there from a threat perspective. It's not going to help you monitor if there's a credentials being uh, traded or stolen or, or sold in different dark web markets uh, for your suppliers. You know, that's, IoTs aren't going to do that. And so, um, you know, it, it, it still rings true um, from last, when we last talked that, you know, uh, looking at uh, the strategic side of the house is a very good way uh, to jump into that threat intelligence pool um, and and get some monitoring in place and, and and look at it from a risk perspective. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time, Adam. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Jeff. The CyberChat Podcast is brought to you by Surfwatch Labs. Surfwatch Labs helps organizations and service providers quickly establish a strategic cyber threat intelligence operation that drives more effective use of their tactical defenses. For more information on cyber risk intelligence, check out surfwatchlabs.com.